Hi everybody, and welcome back to uh, Camp Half-Blood, which is supposedly on Long Island, which I just found out. Um, <laughs> this is Zillennial Cannon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. And um, Kira, I have to ask, I, I yeah. almost wish I made you take like a BuzzFeed quiz or something before, yeah. but I want to know like which Greek god is your parent? Um, I... I have zero knowledge of Greek gods or goddesses. Um, I literally just told you before we started recording that I have never seen this movie. I have somehow never consumed any Percy Jackson content or like Greek mythology related content mm-hmm. um, other than like in college literature classes. <laughs> so like... Um, as a millennial, I don't understand how that happened because Greek mythology just had a hold on like millennials between the ages of ten and like thirteen for some reason. Um, oh yeah, I mean big time, and I think honestly a lot of that it's not just for some reason. I think it's a lot to do with the, these books, um, this movie. Well, more specifically the books, because I don't really think the movie. I'll get into the movie in a second, but the books were very formative for a lot of people our age, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. um, they're, they're just like very deeply innovative and fun books. And um, just like the concept of like, in the same way like Harry Potter was like very innately appealing to kids. It had like that wish fulfillment thing of like, you could be the chosen one. You could be like, you could have this whole secret world. There's this whole secret world that you only you know about like adults are stupid because they don't know about it but you're you're special because you know about the secret world just like the polar express just exactly <laughs> the polar express um <laughs> um but no percy jackson just had that kind of factor to it where it's like it's just cool to think about like what if like i don't know i'm actually descendant of a greek god and i have like water powers or like mm-hmm. I'm going to be, or if I'm like, I don't know, a descendant of Aries, I'm just really good at swords or I can like forge things or I can, if I'm good at art, I'm like the son of the art God. Like, it's just like a cool idea for kids to have, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, But um, so I'm, I'm half Greek. So my dad's side of the family kind of was very they gave me like a whole bunch of like greek mythology books at a young age so even before i read these books i was very into greek mythology um i just thought it was like really cool um almost to the point where i was like (laughs) it's kind of funny to say but i resented how uncool jesus was (laughs) what the Um, fuck well, because, like, you have, like, Poseidon <laughs> and Hades and, like, all these people are, like, fucking cool. And then Jesus is there and he's just, like, a fucking dude. Like, I almost, like, resented how, like, not cool. Like, I'm like, what kind of powers do you have, dude? Like, you don't have any cool powers. That's going directly on the out-of-context Zillennial Zillennial account. <laughs> Percy <Jake> Jackson made me... <laughs> or, no, Greek mythology made me resent how uncool Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's honestly true and i think it almost like um <laughs> my mom's a pretty chill christian all things considered mm-hmm. but that being said um she was pretty concerned with how much i enjoyed like the greek gods i think she was like <laughs> kind of like hmm, by mm-hmm. it <laughs> but um 
but no, I think um, just to jump into like my uh, memories with not just the movie, but the books and everything as a whole, um, having all that like back, like uh, all the like knowledge of like Greek mythology only buttered me up perfectly, even more mm-hmm. so these uh, these books as a youth. Um, I remember I vaguely knew what they were when I was like younger, but I never read them until fifth grade. And um, I don't know uh, if you're when I was in fifth grade, my teacher read this book to us like every day she read a chapter or every other day or something. I can't remember what it was, but she like read a chapter to us. Um, and I think we finished it like within two weeks or something. Um, and then we all did like an assignment on it, basically. Um, but she, I remember she chose it because she said she didn't want to do like Harry Potter. She didn't want to do something that was like super well known, but she also wanted to do something that was like cool enough to like engage the whole class and she i guess she had uh initially just decided on this and i remember it working really well because i remember the entire fucking class like even the kids that didn't give a shit about most things um they were very immediately into the book um and i would say i was the most into it because i uh pretty much i would say by the third chapter I had my mom take me to Borders, shout out to Borders, RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought the other three books at the time. Because uh, I remember when I was in fifth grade, the fifth book, the final book of the series had not come out yet. But the, the other three had. So I bought the other three before she even finished uh, this book. And the book, I, I say this a lot, and I don't want to like downplay how much like twilight and harry potter hunger games like these books like i loved those books as a kid you know what i mean like i loved hunger games i loved harry potter i loved twilight i loved uh city of bones like i've like i read all the ya shit as a -hmm. kid but um none of them really were as impactful and formative as percy jackson was for me um it might be my Greek background. It might be my already prior obsession with Greek mythology. It, I think it's literally just Rick Riordan's writing. I think he's just a really talented writer who makes every character feel important. He makes um, disorders and uh, things feel like a superpower. He's just a very clever and caring writer. And uh, that's something that I just really gravitated to at a young age. And this was like about 2008 or 2009 when I was reading them. Um, So the movie came out in 2010. And by that point, I had read all five books. Uh, The series, the main series, there's the Heroes of Olympus, which is the second series, not following Percy. But Percy's series had ended by the time this movie came out. So I was excited just to like have a film version of it come out i remember i was so excited that i was like keeping track of like the set photos for this movie i was keeping track of like all the casting choices like like fucking like little 12 year old me was just like on the message boards on the daily like watching youtube channels with news um there were like set pictures of like them building camp half blood or like you see the truck that they drop on the road trip with or um when I found out like Uma Thurman was playing Medusa, I was like shitting my pants, you know, <laughs> like there's just so many pieces of news and like so much of this movie on paper sounds awesome as a fan. 
Because you're mm-hmm. like, wait, you have Sean Bean as Zeus, Logan Lerman as Percy, Uma Thurman as Medusa, uh, Pierce Brosnan as Chiron. Like, there's just so many things conceptually that are there. Um, and I saw this at a midnight, I think it might have been my first midnight premiere for a movie. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but I remember going at midnight with my mom and my friend. Um, mm. And I think at a young age, I just very desperately wanted my favorite book to be like the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I tried to lie to myself and tell myself it was awesome when I knew deep down that I was not happy <laughs> with, with what I got. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it didn't take long for me to realize that I had been duped. I think it's very much like a Phantom Menace thing mm-hmm. where like when the Phantom Menace came out, people were like saying, it's awesome. And then they were like, a week went by and they were like, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, and there's a sequel to this movie too. Uh, they actually didn't make the second one. So it wasn't a complete like bomb or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a lot for me to handle. Like having like your, when your favorite book is adapted and it has franchise potential, and then you watch the movie and the movie kind of squanders all of it, like in the first two minutes, possibly. Um, especially for like a 12 year old, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I would like wait it to heartbreak. It's really sad. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry to ramble so much at the start, but I, uh, as far as like media and literature, just things I consumed as a youth, um, I would say Percy Jackson is like in the top, like very t- high up there of formative things for me. So I have a lot to say on this podcast. Um, thank you, Kira, for clearing the air for me and like letting me. <laughs> no problem. Um, <laughs> my first impressions, I guess I'll just like kind of get right into it. Um, so I watched this this morning. I watched like probably like a half hour of it last night. First of all, this movie is like a half hour too long. Yeah. Um, so I forgot that I had to watch this until 1230 last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched like the first hour last night and then like the next hour, like this morning before work and like a half hour before work or whatever. And then like the last half hour after watching Thor tonight, mm-hmm. which is like insane but i'll get into that like in watching thor in the middle of trying to watch this movie so my my first impression is uh when i went on letterbox i don't understand how every single person that i know like gave this like a half a star but like i guess it's because i didn't grow up with the book that like watching this my first reaction was just like it's fine why is everybody so fucking mad but then like I think about it and I'm like I guess if you grew up with the books and it's like very drastically different you definitely have a right to be mad at this movie I guess but it just felt like every other like YA or like kids movie that came out around the time yeah, I mean, I, I I totally get that. And I think that's why, as a 12-year-old, like, if, I think if I saw this at, like, an older age, I um would have been, like, more upset by it initially. But, like, my first reaction to it as a kid was, like, I think indifference. Because, like, on the one hand, it did not properly adapt 
my favorite book. It's not even like down to like very stupid shit like hair color or like certain like because you can't have everything in an adaptation. Like I knew that. I wasn't expecting that. It's just like it really felt like it disregarded everything that made the book unique and cool. And it tried its hardest to like dumb down like literally everything. Um, I would say it's almost like the Sony picturesification of it all. Um, where the second, like when they had the rights or when they were exclusive about rights of Spider-Man, it was like the worst shit ever. Uh, like that's why you have Morbius. It's like, cause they have to like, they literally like plan boardroom meetings around like adding in what's trading on TikTok before the final assembly cut of a movie. And mm-hmm. it kind of feels like this in this movie. Like it really feels like they're trying to appease everybody and in doing so they pleased nobody. Um, it, uh, it's so bad. Um, like I, <laughs> I, and I think the thing about this movie, I, I think Logan Lerman is a very talented actor. Mm-hmm. All things considered, I'm sure we will be covering Perks being a wallflower this year mm, as we approach the approach the ten year anniversary of it this year, Wild. which is insane to think about. Yeah. Um. He he's proved himself time and time again to be a great actor. Um. And but uh, with that being said, oh my god, is he bad in this movie? I think he <laughs> he his he acting, has like a helmet of hair in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like I was joking about it last night because I think it's so fucking funny that I I, I don't want to assume what Logan Lerman may or may not have in real life, but the way this kid he like definitely read that Percy has ADHD. And he said, okay, so in my performance, I have to really convey to the audience that he has ADHD. So how do I do that? Let me give him like a very distressed and hard thinking face every time he's given any like critical thought. So every time someone asks him a question, he like, he like does like a side eye and he like, he scoffs. He goes, I don't know. Like, he's just like, so, and it's so annoying every time he does it. So Um, like, I like a lot of people like praise the books for like representation and stuff like that and obviously like I can't speak on a lot of this but um I guess the way that like disabilities are used or like portrayed in the movie like kind of I like I don't know how different it is in the book but I'm like that's kind of like weird that it's like the kid is like walking with crutches but it's actually just because he's a goat like and then like yeah the um the line that literally broke my brain is like it like you're not actually dyslexic. Like, your brain is wired to read ancient Greek. I was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> like, I I'm thought... sorry. Like, well, yeah. Your brain is wired to read ancient Greek? Like, um, I don't know. Well, in the book, it's explained, like, way better. Uh, okay. Especially that part. Because I, okay. I believe on um, the Narnia pod we did, I talked a little bit mm. about it. Uh uh, because we were talking about YA books on that pod, mm-hmm. uh, not to call Narnia a YA book, but because uh, <laughs> it's really, I mean, I don't know, is it? I don't kind know. of like young, young for like adult. eighty year olds, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I think that's one thing I did love about the books because I, um, you know, I I suffered from that too at a young age, and mm-hmm. I always thought that was like cool because uh, like in the book it's 
said like he's like very early on in the movie or in the book he's bullied for it Mm -hmm. and all his teachers hate him all his classmates hate him he's the butt of every joke and he's like really put down for his um for being slower in class he's been kicked out of every school he's been to and then to have like grover and um chiron tell him uh, that it's like not just it's not just about like reading greek but um uh, it's like he like because he always like in the book early on it's like described as like there's so many things happening at once and he doesn't know what to focus on uh-huh. and it, he often is overwhelmed by it but then grover tells him later on in the book that it's actually that's what keeps him alive that's what's going to help him in battle that yeah. it's not something to be ashamed of it's something to be proud of it's uh that you if you pay attention to everything you can never lose in a battle and i always thought that was like really cool like um and i and i've talked to like so many people like that read the book and that also have like dyslexia or adhd or something and they Mm -hmm. they also thought that was cool um yeah and i i i guess that is really cool like the idea of like using um or like i can't think of the word like portraying like like something that other people see that could be like a weakness or something like use it as like a strength like yeah. i i understand what it definitely what it's going well, for well the thing is though you're not wrong though because in this movie it fucking sucks like in this yeah. movie <laughs> in this movie it's just whoa. um just yeah like seeing like words and like letters that look like nonsense just move around to show ancient greek terms and he's just like aha yes that's not how it works in the (laughs) like out loud like hmm yes (laughs) yeah in the book he just has like issues with like english assignments but but in a greek class he he thinks the only reason that he's into greek mythology in his class is because of like the theatrics of it all but then he finds Uh other reasons really into it is because he is drawn to it because it he's part of it um and i but it's also like you know when he just doesn't know he thinks he has an a because he just likes the teacher but he has an a because he's good at it it's like explained way better in the book in the movie it's so like most things in the movie if they did even the things they do bring over from the book that work in the book they do Mm -hmm. it terribly in the movie so even if it works in the book they just it almost feels like they go out of their right way to ruin it in the movie Mm -hmm. like i'm not even kidding like it really feels like at every turn they could have added a line of dialogue to make something mm-hmm. better and they go the extra mile to fuck it up. It's actually kind of impressive. <laughs> like how hard they try to fuck it up. Um, so there's one really compelling uh, arc of the, uh, the book that's not in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that he is um, during uh, his searching for the lightning bolt he comes across Ares, the god of war. And he's like, I would say like the second or third villain of the book. There's a few like bad guys here and there, but um, Ares has, I would say the best chapter of the entire book. Him and Ares mm-hmm. like have a sword fight on like, I think Venice beach and like the tidal waves are like around them. And like, it's very cinematic when you're reading it. It's very cool. And they actually cast Ares for this movie. It's Ray Winstone, a very talented actor. Um, and he shot his scenes and they have never been released. There's not even a picture of him online mm. that you can find. Um, and they complete, there is no mention of Ares in this movie. I don't think, 
Uh, I could be wrong about that. Um, but I, they cut out arguably the most cinematic part of the book and they completely disregard it. And uh, out of, for favor of what, I don't know. But, um, dude, there's like nothing, I have like negative things to say about this movie. Like I have like nothing positive to say about this movie. <laughs> um, and weirdly enough, I just wanted to cover it because I feel like it's been on my mind so much lately having uh, the Disney plus show in production right now. And I'm like watching them actually cast like age appropriate actors. I'm like mm. um, the author of the book is actually like happy and like a producer on that. Um, yeah, he's like more, um, he, he's more creatively involved, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. he wrote the entire pilot. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Um, I'm not sure when this happened, but I guess at some point in the 2010s or early 2000s, um, Fox is almost like Sony. The Fox emails leaked as well. And Uh emails leaked um, from Rick Riordan to uh, Fox about uh, his initial reaction to getting the script for the movie. Mm -hmm. And um, he said something like and he, he started off by saying the things he did like. Like he said, I think it's interesting the way that you like modernize the Lotus Casino scene. I think there are some interesting elements here. So mm-hmm. I don't think you completely do a bad job with like the ADHD stuff. Like there's like certain things here that I kind of like. Mm-hmm. He said, but with that being said, oh my God. <laughs> like he's like, you ruined, he's like, he's like, I don't know how you disregarded the story so heavily, but he's like, I really think this will just become another statistic. Mm-hmm. And um, the, he said, I don't want to be, here a year from now telling you I told you so, but I truly believe if you go forward with the script, that it will be another statistic of why young adult adaptations are bad. <laughs> and that was, and they apparently never replied to him mm. after that. Um, I think he was on set for one day, mm. but otherwise he, um, he did not condone. Uh, he, he sold the rights and he obviously he had like, cons- he consented to the movie being made obviously, yeah. but he did not support it. Uh, he was unhappy with it, even from its conception. He, uh, Damn. And, and I think a lot of it, honestly, um, in the books, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover, well, Percy and Annabeth are like 12 in the books. Yeah. Um, um, Alexandra and, Daddario was almost 30 years old at the time of uh, the release of... Dude, it's insane. <laughs> it's, 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 it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um <laughs> Yeah, she looks because like the whole thing about like um, Grover is supposed to be a little bit older because you find out in the book that he's like in, I can't remember how old he is exactly in The Lightning Thief. Mm-hmm. He's either like late teens, early twenties, but he like looks very young. Like mm-hmm. he looks old and young at the same time. Like he's like the size of a middle schooler, but he has like facial hair. So it's always like kind of he's ambiguous. Like a goat. He's a goat. Yeah. So he has facial. Hair. Uh, yeah, it's funny, um, but it's always kind of ambiguous in the, in the book. And then in the yeah. movie. So like when he was cast, I was like, okay, but they, um, apparently Chris Columbus and this is directed by the guy who did the first two Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is interesting. Vibe. Yeah. Um, I think two it's guys and a girl. Right. <laughs> On it's, an just adventure. Kind of, it's kind of amazing to me how like bad it is in comparison though. Cause he did so good with, the first two Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. And this just feels like cheaper and lesser in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, the, the age change is one of the most interesting things. 
because uh, Chris Columbus actually is the one that pushed for that, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he wanted to give um, a, a more modern approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted it to be more relatable for teens. Um, mm-hmm. But the problem is that... This is not relatable to teens. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not relatable to teens for many reasons. But um, let me list a few. Uh, or like why it just doesn't work. So you're adapting a book and scenarios and a quest and all these things written like these, like everything they do in the book happens because they are 12 years old. They're inexperienced, their uh, naivety, their angst, all these things are happening because they're 12. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everything is written in as, as is because of their age. When you make a 16 or 17 or 18 year old do these things, that are written for 12 year olds it comes mm-hmm. across as fucking stupid because it's what a 12 year old would do it, yeah <laughs> i was trying so- to figure out like they're like because they're supposed to be kids but they're like yeah. driving like yeah. all of them drive in this movie yeah in most of um the lightning thief the book um yeah. they just take public transit yeah they take like uh trains a lot of buses that would um, make there's sense. a little bit of there's a little bit of driving because Grover can drive apparently, but um, uh, mostly it's just, um, they like hitch rides, you know, they, that's how they get across country. Mm-hmm. That's why it feels like such an adventure. Cause like, it's truly like, how are they going to get from point A to point B? Yeah. But in this, it's just, they drive. They just drive across the they country. Just drive. They just drive. It's so stupid. Yeah. From New York. Um, it's so fucking, it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, and it's really amazing to me that, um, they and okay like if you really want to you mm-hmm. can age them up but at least like justify it mm-hmm. you know but they do nothing to modernize it like they say that's their excuse for like aging them up is to like modernize it mm-hmm. but they don't you they didn't change anything about like really about it they just made it dumber yeah they feel like fucking idiots in this movie like everyone in this movie feels like a fucking idiot Every single person. Yeah. It's actually kind of really weird. Um, not to jump ahead, but Luke in this movie. Um, son of Hermes, the guy who steals the lightning bolt. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, in the book, I, I, I don't want this entire part to be about the book. I'm sorry. But in the book, it works because he's like an older brotherly figure to mm-hmm. Annabeth. Well, Annabeth has like a crush on him in the book. Um and he's like 16 or 17 while they're like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and Percy really like looks up to him of like who he wants to be like. Mm-hmm. Because he, when he finds out that he's the son of Poseidon, he's very frustrated by it. And Luke is also frustrated by the fact that he doesn't talk to his uh, father. He has no like interaction with him. Mm-hmm. But he seems, at least at the beginning of the book, kind of at peace with it. He's just like, he like works with it. And he wants to be like Luke. So, like, when it's revealed at the very end. And, I mean, he doesn't even find out about Luke stealing the lightning bolt until after he gets back to Camp Half-Blood. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cliffhanger at the end. It's great. It's perfect. It's the best way you can end the story. Here, they make Percy and Luke the same age, so that dynamic is completely ruined. And they already battle in this book, which they never do, really, in The Lightning Thief. Maybe, like, briefly, but not really. And... Yeah, it's so bad. Like, they completely ruined that dynamic. And it 
they try to do a sequel later with Sea of Monsters, and they try to repair it, but it just doesn't work. Because then Luke is like 20-something. He's no longer a teen. Mm-hmm. So now he's like a 20-something complaining about his father, and it just has no weight. Do you think that... I feel like whenever adaptations end up this way, I feel like it is because they don't have faith in, like, it being a success. So they feel like they have to, like, make it just so easy and, like, cram a lot of, like, easy explanations and, like, not emotional depth into it so they could, like, easily, like, tie it up and be like, we don't have to finish this. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing, because I feel like that's a very um, zillennial thing itself, right? Because, um, like, how many... The franchise YF... being abandoned. Franchise, I, like I feel Divergent. like... Divergent. I was about to say, <laughs> Divergent is maybe, like, the biggest example of that, because... Yeah. Divergent is funny, because, like, they made the part one of their two-part thing, and they just mm-hmm. never made part two. Like, at least with this, you got your... Like, say what you will, but, like, Sea of Monsters is its own movie, you know? Granted, it ends on a cliffhanger, but it is a complete story at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's um, what is it? Divergent, Insurgent, Allegiant, and I then um, tell you. And then Allegiant. I think it's supposed to be Allegiant Part Two, and then we're done. That would be like them canceling Twilight at Breaking Dawn Part One. <laughs> uh, like it's actually insane what they did to Divergent. I didn't even give a shit, but like it's, it's so funny. funny. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's a very, cause like that really is like a lot of, um, so many books we read as kids that were adapted. They were just like, when you saw the adaptations for them, like, I remember one is specifically, uh, City of Ember. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that. I remember, I remember Aragon. Ar- oh my, Aragon's a big one. Cause that has like a very, <laughs> I mean, first of all, that book is huge. If yeah. you remember. Like, it's a all huge three of them book. were huge. They were bigger than the Harry Potter books. Bigger than that my was like head. a big like I never read them, but I remember my brother had all of them on the shelf, and it was like a huge deal when the third one came out. Aragon was like, I loved Aragon when I was a kid, um, and I thought because just because I thought the mythology was like super cool, it was mm-hmm. very like uh, well written, very like I, I know I use this word a lot, uh, but like it felt very cinematic when you were reading it, like you can just like see it as a movie, mm-hmm. and. It's a, like I said, a massive book. It could have been because like the Sorcerer's Stone is like a two hour and 30 minute movie, mm-hmm. but it works because you care about the characters in the first like 10 minutes. Aragon, I don't know if we were ever going to cover it one day, but Aragon is like a 90 minute movie somehow, mm-hmm. like uh, without credits. And it does not work at all at any point. Um, it's actually kind of amazing. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like somewhere in the, like the 2000s, the 90s, like they just really made it apparent that that's what they wanted to do. But it makes no sense to me that they did that, because if they looked at the track record, the only ones that worked were the ones that stuck to the source material. Yeah. Like Harry Potter at the time was the one that was working, but it wasn't working because they were changing. It worked because they stuck to it. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious why no one that was doing any of this thought maybe that wasn't the move. Yeah. Like, I find it really, like, I really want to know, like, I would love to like talk to like a former executive or like a former, like script doctor or something like someone that like wrote one of these fucking movies, you know, like, I want to like really know, I'm like, what, like, what made you think 
that these choices were good. Um, because I can just imagine like the boardroom meetings for this movie. They're saying like, so it's not just enough that they get stuck in a Lotus casino. They have to have Kesha. Lady oh my Gaga. God. The Lady Gaga needle drop just like shook me to my core. <laughs> um, see, you can't say I'm not an objective person. Cause I can't talk about this. Uh, that's a really funny scene. Um, mm. it's very funny. Um, honestly, as far as that, I mean, the thing I like about the book is that that entire chapter feels like a horror movie. Mm. It feels like a Twilight Zone episode in a chapter of a kid's book. Because, like, you slowly feel him, like, go through all the motions of, like, you know, mystery. And then he takes the lotus flower and then he goes under and then he has to snap out of it. And you, like, you go through all his, his thought process. Mm-hmm. It's very well written. And the movie, it's super rushed. But that being said, they the way they just, like, fucking drug these kids... Um, like they just get stoned. They get stoned. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, so I don't know. I mean, did anything in this movie like work for you at all? Um, I mean, I thought that it was just like it's not even that I liked it. I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like I can't even right. think of anything specific. Um, the second I found out that I, the second I found out that it took place on Long Island, I was like, okay, I'm in. And then I was just immediately out. Um, I added it to my Long Island cinema list. So it is right next to The Great Gatsby and Book of Henry, um, which is great. It's a great canon to be in. Um, so whenever, (laughs) I guess this is like, not like a tangent, but whenever I see Alexandra Daddario, Something in my brain just, like, uh, like, I don't know. I feel like she's, like, not a real person. Maybe because she looks like somebody I would know in real life. And I'm like, she's not an actress. She's just somebody that I know in real life. Like, literally, like, my neighbor looks exactly like her. And she's, like, a child. Um, So I was only really familiar with her from White Lotus. She's really good in that, too. She's very good. But yeah. whenever I see somebody extremely random like her, I'm like, okay, they're either a child of nepotism or they're related to some kind of war criminal and <laughs> or like married into a family of war criminals. Right. And whenever I see like an actor that is like her, which is just like a very random person. I'm like, it's either one of those. And I'm looking at her Wikipedia page, and her dad is um, a prosecutor and former head of the NYPD counterterrorism unit. And her grandfather was a member of the House of Representatives (laughs) for Connecticut. So I'm like, okay. So she comes for money, and also her dad was the head of the NYPD counterterrorism (laughs) unit. Very cool. <laughs> Which makes um, sense. And makes I'm not sense. one to be like, nepotism children, but I just think it's funny that like whenever you see somebody extremely random in something, yeah, um, that's usually the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember 
um when this was like being or like people were being cast in this movie mm-hmm. um there's like so many fan castings for who they wanted to be percy and annabeth and grover and then when alexander daddario got cast everyone collectively went who like what <laughs> like what are we like what and it wasn't even the fact that she was a brunette because in the book annabeth is very very famously blonde yeah. um uh like she's like it's described the first time you meet her she has like long blonde hair um she's 12 but she has blonde hair <laughs> so like to cast a i don't even know how old she opposite. was uh can do you know how old she is off the top of your head or do i have to fact check she is i think 38 right now are you fucking kidding me she's no. 38 she's 36 okay oh. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, not that it makes a difference, but 36. Okay, so that means um, she was about, I would say, 23 when they were filming this. Oh, true. Yeah. Which, like, not whatever. almost 30, like I thought. But she looked 30. She looked older when <laughs> when yeah. uh, when this was being made. It looked very. Um, I would say I don't say she was the worst performance in this movie because there are some bad performances in this movie, mm-hmm. but she's certainly not good. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and it's hard to blame her because the writing isn't good, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get a good performance from anybody in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person that I would say I don't even know. I mean, the gods are okay. I mean, Sean Bean is. He's just good as a screen presence. It's a pretty uh, good like mix of actors, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that like a lot of the A-listers they got were just kind of there to collect a paycheck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, it doesn't really feel like whoever casted them expressed to them that like, hey, you know, we, we're really proud of this. It really just does feel like a Harrison Ford signing on for Star Wars kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where he didn't really give a shit <laughs> about it before signing on. Um, the only person I really thought had fun with it, uh, was, um, oh God, Steve Coogan as Hades. Um, he at least tries to insert some personality into his performance, it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, but like a lot of the Greek gods in this movie, um, they just feel very like wooden and very like boring. Whereas in the, and I'm sorry to keep bringing up the book, but like in the book, they all have like very distinct personalities. There's something very, um, like they're so... like three-dimensional in the books Mm -hmm. you know and in the movies they're literally just like walking around in like hoodies Mm -hmm. like at at the beginning like he's like literally like they're having a conversation in hoodies zeus and Mm -hmm. poseidon Mm -hmm. like what like these are (laughs) greek gods and they're in a hoodie like bro what are we fucking doing here dog like what are we doing man like oh my it's so fucking stupid i hate it i like (laughs) and honestly when i saw this in theaters I in the back of my head, like when I saw Poseidon like walking down the street in a hoodie, I mm-hmm. in my head went, "Oh, okay." Like I was like, <laughs> "Yeah," I, I was like, Great. "No," because that's how you want to start a movie about Greek gods, right? Is a dude walking down the street in a hoodie? Literally, just like walked out of H and M. Literally, it looked just like a fucking H and M commercial. Um, <laughs> fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> um, no, but like the. The whole thing, like, with Annabeth is that, you know, she's the uh, the daughter of Athena, the goddess of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And um, she does not she show is... wisdom in one frame of this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, I would say she, 
I'm sure she's very intelligent and bright in real life, but um, there's not a single moment in this movie where I thought she was smart. Yeah. Um, the character, at least. Yeah. Because yeah. um, the cool thing about Annabeth in the books is that she's just really smart and she's really capable. And sometimes, like, the great thing about Annabeth is also the worst thing about Annabeth is that she's so capable and so smart that she mm-hmm. often doubts herself. She overthinks mm-hmm. everything. She... Uh, she's like a very interesting character in the books and she evolves greatly in the whole franchise. It's, it's beautiful what they do with her. Mm. Um, and in the movie, first of all, they cut off. Oh God. Okay. So in the books, there's a bully uh, named Clarice. Um, mm-hmm. She's the daughter of Ares, the God of war. Um, and when Percy first gets to camp, he um, initially uh, has like an interaction with it, Clarice and um this is how he finds out that he's the god of uh or the son of poseidon mm. um is he uh shoot he she's trying to like dunk his head in the toilet and he makes like water shoot out mm. and like drown out the bathroom basically and um that's how he finds out and they have like a rivalry together at the start mm-hmm. but the problem is in the movie um they try to give that role to annabeth at the beginning mm-hmm. They're having that rivalry, but it doesn't work because that's not her thing in the book. That's not her character. Her mm-hmm. character, she's not antagonistic because that's not her gig. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's not the daughter of Ares. That's Clarice. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. They really try to give her, they try to like blend the two characters together when they are completely polar opposite characters. Um and that's what I'm saying. Like they completely cut off like a lot of pivotal characters and no wonder the movie feels uneven because mm-hmm. you're trying to combine characters together that don't mesh at all. It's really interesting the way they did that in the worst kind of way. Yeah. I, they're just, I think they just tried to make it as uncomplicated as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I feel like yes they but I, here's the thing the book isn't that complicated mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it really is written for twelve year olds at the end of the mm-hmm. day like it is very a um, while there is like nuance to it I think there's like and granted the movie tries to tap into it at certain points uh, terribly I think but it tries to uh, tap into the idea that. You know, it's kind of fucked up that these gods have all these kids and they also have this role that they can't talk to them. They can conceive them, but they can't talk to them. They can't support them. They can't be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what makes in the book uh, Luke a very compelling character mm-hmm. because you understand why he would be mad enough to make the gods go to war with one another. Mm-hmm. Um and he uh, he he wants to he wants to turn them against each other, and he wants to just kind of ruin the whole thing they have going, because uh, mm-hmm. he spent his entire life like trying to appease his father and basically getting nothing in return, like no no love, no guidance, no anything. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a really compelling arc, and this movie taps into it briefly, like very briefly, like uh, but like with none of the nuance or depth that would matter, and. And I get what you're saying, and, like, you're not wrong about, like, you know, executives looking at it to, like, simplify and make it more digestible. Mm. But we're talking about maybe a page or two of external dialogue that could have made the movie 
a whole store better. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really, like, the most simple of shit that it feels like they just went out of their way to not do. Mm-hmm. Um, which really doesn't make sense to me when you're kind of banking on this being a potential franchise starter. Because, mm-hmm. like, wouldn't you want this to be a franchise? Yeah. I think, uh-huh. honestly, it's, like, it came out at, like, a weird time, I think. Uh-huh. Um... I don't, I don't know, like. Yeah, it came out in early 2010, um, like February, I want to say, which was a very, uh, we talked about it with Despicable Me uh, two weeks ago. That was Mm -hmm. a very cuspy year for us, I would say. It was kind of like the passing of the torch generations, Mm -hmm. but we were clearly still seeing movies for younger people at that time Mm -hmm. uh, because we were like, what, 13, 12 at the time. Yeah, And um, so I don't know, it, it became it's interesting to like see this a little bit after like when Harry Potter was kind of wrapping up is when this was starting to. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that was a like moment was like as Harry Potter was ending. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a weird limbo between like should like YA adventure fantasy things continue (laughs) yeah well the funny thing is unless I'm mistaken like there weren't a lot of like competition for Harry Potter and it's not even like the fact that like a lot of them failed like I would say there weren't even like like in the early Harry Potter years like I would say from about the time Sorcerer's Stone to dude I'd go as far to say like Half-Blood Prince Mm-hmm. almost no one was really trying to compete you know what i mean because mm-hmm. twilight didn't kick off until 2008 mm-hmm. um you know uh aragon tried in 06 but it immediately failed but i'm trying to think of like other mid-2000s ones mm-hmm. i'm not just talking about like ya adaptations like you know like bridge to terabithia was a single novel you know like they did book adaptations for ya stuff but i'm talking about like ya franchise starters yeah. And the only one was Twilight, I believe, really. That yeah. did it. Um, it wasn't like until after the 2010s, like well after Harry Potter ended, that we got, you know, Hunger Games. We got, because I really feel like, at, like around the 2012 to like 2015 was like the prime YA era for movies, mm-hmm. where it felt like what well, we got Divergent, Hunger Games, Maze Runner, like all these movies back to back to back you know mm-hmm. and um mortal instruments if you remember that um which the movie was awful the book is probably not as good as i remember it being but whatever um vampire academy oh my god that. yeah um i never saw the. i read the first book in middle school i never saw the movie mm-hmm. um i don't think anyone really did i remember it bombing really bad um i'm trying to think of like others did you ever see that Cirque du Freak movie? The Vampire's Assistant? No, but I remember... I think I had the book. The book is really good. Um, I, like, I think, like, my brother had it. I don't remember if I ever read it. That was, like... um, That was, like, Twilight for girls who said brah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that was... Yeah. That, <laughs> those were weird fucking For girls who said brah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, those were weird fucking books. Even for me at the time, I was like reading them. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys smoking? Um, <laughs> and even to this day, like I'm thinking back about like some shit they did in that book where mm-hmm. they like made, um, I mean, I guess, I guess it's like no different than Breaking Dawn, but like the first book begins with like, he, um, he, he wants, he really wants to work for this vampire. So he fakes like dying and he has he has a whole funeral for himself and everything. So his parents think he's dead mm-hmm. just so he can like run away with a vampire and being his non-paid intern. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking weird. It's a very weird book. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember like when they were making the movie for that, we very well may do it on the pod one day. I don't know. But mm-hmm. like they cast John C. Riley as the vampire. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I forgot what was in that movie. It's a very stacked cast from what I remember. I know uh, Zelenio King, Josh Hutcherson is in it too. Oh yeah. Um, uh, very very weird movie, <laughs> but um, that's one where they really did try to like modernize it and like not have it be so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And it kind of I, I don't remember the movie being terrible, but like that's one of the w- ones that really like silently died. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I can't think of any other like YA adaptations that really even tried, but I'm sure there's like an influx of them. We're even still getting some, but mostly yeah. like, on Netflix now, I feel like. Yeah, it seems like they're cut. Ca- oh, series of unfortunate events. They that was... only did the first three books and they never finished it. Yeah. And the funny thing is I liked that first movie. I think that's yeah. a good movie. I can't um, wait to revisit it eventually. That's always um, in the back of my mind whenever we think about a movie each week. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I haven't watched the movie in years, mm-hmm. but probably since I was a kid, honestly. But um, those were I remember... like my favorite books as a kid, and I oh, remember I... being like so excited for the next like, oh, like the next movie they're gonna do the next three, and like. No. It never happened. I actually did not even watch the show yet. I was about to ask you. Um, I the think I will good. soon, but yeah. The show is pretty good. I My only issue with it is that it goes a little... Because I feel like the movie is accused of being too comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see that because the movie is pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has like a very dark humor to it that I think is actually very appropriate. Yeah. Because that's what the books have. Yeah. The, the mo- books are I, like ridiculous and silly. The show, I feel like, goes a little bit too improv which I think is yeah. a different kind of humor. Um, I don't think it's bad. I think it is it is a good show. And I would say it is, in other ways, just as good as the movie. Because mm-hmm. like, the production value, I think uh, Neil Patrick Harris is really good as yeah. Count Olaf. I think the kids are really good. Uh, it's just like sometimes the humor is just a little too forced at times. Yeah. Where it feels like they could have doubled down the creepiness, which is something that I really like about mm-hmm. the movie, is that how bleak it is at times. Yeah. Um, because I remember like when the parents die at the beginning of the movie, you're just like, "Fuck!" Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's sad, you know. It's really sad. I I always forget that Meryl Streep is the aunt in that movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good cast in that movie. Jim Carrey is a great Count Olaf. He's really good. Um, God, I forgot about like how hyped that movie was when it came out, or at least for me. Because mm-hmm. I um I had the whole box set of those books when I was a kid. Um, I used to love yeah. those books. 
I had um, all of them except for like a few. So I would just reread. Do you remember which ones were your favorite? I remember I liked the one in um, the crocodile room. I remember really liking because I finished it like in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in the hospital, the hostile hospital. I think the hospital called. one was one of my favorite ones. And I don't remember why. I remember the cover being terrifying. Well, they force Klaus to like be a doctor. I remember. Yeah, and, like, has, and like, like perform surgery on Violet in like a um, yeah, like in like a viewing room. Like it's like in like an auditorium in front of a bunch of people. They like we're gonna make him cut her open. And I think isn't Count Olaf one of like the either he's in the audience or either he's on the yeah. floor with him. I think. Yeah. I remember. Um. um I think that that one, like, I have, like, big, like, fears of, like, medical horror and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the cover of that book and, like, the illustrations that were in it definitely contributed to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's, I mean, that's what I love about those books is that they're so mysterious. Mm -hmm. I love when they, um, I love books that, like, like the Goosebumps books or, like, those books, like, they set, like, up a side lore Mm -hmm. where it's, like, even the author himself is a mystery. Yeah. Like you think there's like a deeper enigma to it than there is. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that so much. And until you like grow up and you find out he's just some dude, yeah. but like as a kid, you fully believe it. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll get more into it when we have that episode. Oh, I would love but... to do that at some point. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a big one. Um, yeah. That's always been weird. Cause I remember the movie being a, pretty decent success so i'm kind of surprised they never made a sequel to the movie mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i don't know i and the funny thing is about percy jackson i wouldn't say it's like the worst why adaptation i've ever done or ever mm-hmm. seen like i would still probably put like uh i don't know like i think divergent is probably a little bit worse mm-hmm. you know oh, what about like, like- I completely forgot, like, Maze Runner. I feel like that came out, like, a little bit later, but... Yeah, I... I Those movies, I like, kept going. They finished. They did it. They... they. I mean, granted, it was three. Until, like, two years ago or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember I did a... It was 2018 when it ended, and I remember that yeah. because it, uh, uh, it came out the week that Phantom Thread went wide, and I did a double feature. Oh, my God. Um, um, and I... You know what? I liked those movies. I liked the books and liked the movies. I thought the movies were like good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the girl from Skins was in it, and I was like, "Oh, that's the girl from Skins." Oh, yeah, um, yeah. She's really, she's a good actress. Um, yeah, I, I like. I mean, uh, what's his name? Dylan O'Brien. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about him and Logan Lerman are like the same genre. Yeah. Of men. Yeah. White boy of the month. White boy of the month. Yeah. Except he's they're both like, talented. So I yeah, can't even he's like discuss. funny on Twitter, Dylan O'Brien. I love Dylan O'Brien. Um I, I liked Teen Wolf as a kid. Uh mm-hmm. I like I like him in most movies he's in. Um there was a movie he did recently, um, Love and Monsters, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um I like that movie a lot. And he was a very charming lead in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um I would love to see him do um more anything really. I, I like him a lot, everything he's in. Um but mm-hmm. no, I, I really liked those Maze Runner movies because it was they were actually like very well directed. They all had like a very big sense of scale and adventure, and um, they were also creepy. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, the first one is very much like um, Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. and the second one feels like more Mad Max. Like they mm-hmm. each have like their own vibe 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Like, I feel like it was right before Fox was sold to Disney. Yeah. And it feels like right before they sold to Disney, they were really shilling out their money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they were really, like, putting production value into things. And um, they, I guess Maze Runner just happened to be adapted at the right time because uh, they, uh, I don't know. They they just really felt like very big scale, and they they had the same director for every movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it, that's what it it felt good. Um. So I don't know. Like it's this is definitely not a good adaptation, Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it's like the absolute worst either. You know. Mm-hmm. Although it's 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 down there. It's it's a, it's at the bottom of the barrel, but it's not quite the worst. Um. I, I think it's kind of funny, like, talking about the A-listers in this movie, though, like Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know half these people were in this movie? Um, I saw Uma Thurman was in it just because, like, I looked up, like, the runtime for the movie. And mm-hmm. it she, like, caught my eye, like, in the sidebar of, like, the Google. The sidebar right. of the Google. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize uh, Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. It's always great to see him. Um, I feel like yeah. he always plays like the same character, but maybe that's just like his voice. <laughs> yeah, he um, well, I mean, because Chiron's supposed to be like the Dumbledore almost mm-hmm. of uh, the series. Um, mm-hmm. One thing, not to talk about like shit they cut out, but mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting to me that they cut it out because they have him in the sequel, um, mm-hmm. Dionysus, the god of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's he's one of the best parts of the first book. Mm-hmm. He's um the head camp counselor, like he's the the camp director mm-hmm. of uh Camp Half Blood, and his entire story is really funny because in the book he fucking hates kids. He just he hates every child there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's punished because um Zeus like uh I think he like catches him like sneaking in women to Mount Olympus or something. And he mm-hmm. just like punishes him. He's, he knows he hates children so much. So he just made him like run Camp Half Blood. And he's also, uh, he forces him to be like sober for a hundred years. So every time he like tries to like turn water into wine, it turns to like Diet Coke or something. Mm-hmm. And it pisses him off so deeply. Um, and I'm really curious why they didn't keep him in the movie. Cause he's in the sequel that they made for this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, in the sequel, he's played by Stanley Tucci, who is inspired Dionysus uh, casting because he's mm-hmm. fantastic in the role. He's really good in the second movie. Um, uh, that's like one of the best parts of the first book. So I'm kind of curious. It's like a very easy laugh too. like every line he has in the book is funny. And I feel like he, you could have easily like made him like the comedic value of this movie um, and they just didn't do it for some reason. Um, I don't know if we'll ever cover the second movie on the pod. Uh, maybe if we get to that point one day of like exhausting options. Yeah. But like going into the sequels of the movies we already covered. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> like movies like this where we don't even like, like the first movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the weird thing about sea of monsters is that it does actually try to do some course correction. Mm hmm. Because, like, they try to make it more, like, accurate to the book. Um, and it is, like, a little more colorful and exciting. And it has, like, weirder elements. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
Because, like, in the... I was almost certain they would cut this part out, but they kept it in. Like, in Sea of Monsters, the book, they uh, the whole point of that movie is they have to go save Grover because he went missing on uh, his search for the nature god or something. Mm-hmm. And um, when go- going after him, they have to, like, get, go on board a uh, ship of zombies. And it's just a really inventive chapter of the book where... <laughs> they have to like steer the ship because like the captain of the ship is his arm is like fucking falling off and it's just like a weird ass thing you know um and i was convinced they wouldn't do it because of how they treated all that shit in the first movie but no they adapt all the weird shit in the second movie do they do it well not really but i gotta give them points for trying you know mm-hmm. so the second movie is weird in that way where they add in all the characters they kept out the first time you know they put the daughter of Ares in there clary's uh, they they put her in there. They put Dionysus in there. Um, they have Hermes, Luke's father, in it. Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion, and he's really good in the role. Um, but it just feels like the damage of this movie was so great that they couldn't undo it. Yeah. In the second one, even though they tried their best. Um, because yeah. the interesting thing about the first book is uh, it's set up at the end that Luke it's pretty bleak, but he wants to, um, other than just like steal, uh, the lightning bolt and take it from the gods. He also wants to basically give his body to the Titan Kronos. Mm. And like, he just wants to like sacrifice himself. He doesn't care about himself. He wants to be the vessel to awaken the Titan and basically kill the gods as the vessel. Uh, and it's really sad, like that. A like in the book, it's like said that like a seventeen-year-old like would do that, and like how much like hate he has, and like uh, how much he hates his father that he would go about doing that. He has, he's almost like a Kylo Ren character. Yeah, sounds a lot like Kylo Ren. Um, but in, in the movie, you don't even find out about Kronos in the first movie. Um, it's it, like it's all completely devoid in the first movie. Um, um, and actually. You talk about like simplifying it, but, mm-hmm. um, and you're not wrong, but there is like a part of this movie that I, I think is like needlessly complex, and it's like the whole pearls thing. Uh, they have to collect the pearls from each of the artifacts or whatever. Yeah, that's not in the books. Oh. Yeah, no, that's just like made up in the movie. Then why did they travel all around the country? It was like different like leads on like where the lightning bolt is, and like oh. um, they were just trying to get directly to Hades, and they were just kept getting encountered by like because um, like monsters would attack them, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, like monsters would attack them, or they would like because re- like I remember like in because I'm reading it again right now, and, like like a, they're on a public bus and a bunch of like uh, um, if you remember at the beginning of this movie his teacher like turns into like a a harpy and then like a attacks him Mm -hmm. and um she comes back on the bus and they like attack it is a big massive like set piece in the book where um they attack him on the bus and the bus like gets into like a massive crash just a whole sword fight it's really cool and they like wander through their woods and they're so hungry and tired that when they get to medusa she like it's actually like a diner slash like uh gardening place Mm. and she like makes them food and then it's understandable like why they appear there because they're Mm. just hungry and lost and they think she's just a nice woman who's like offering to uh make them food uh but in the movie it makes no sense because they're just like oh they think a pearl is here yeah so 
what it's so stupid like it's so it's so fucking dumb um i don't know it just feels like they went all their way to complicate it at points which is funny because it feels like they try to do the opposite where they try to simplify it like you said but i don't know bad movie yeah i mean like i said earlier um it was wild watching Thor just right smack in the middle of this. And I, I guess did think about spoiler, that when you told me. Yeah, spoiler for Thor. Um when Tessa Thompson takes Zeus's lightning bolt, I said, That's the lightning thief. <laughs> I did um I saw Thor again on Friday mm-hmm. and like watching this on Saturday uh was kind of wild, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see like two drastically it's different. It's all from the same place. It really is. It's um, all Greek to me. <laughs> um, this also came out the same year as that Clash of the Titans remake. Oh my god! Um, a month before it came out, I believe. Damn, Greece was like huge. <laughs> yeah, man. Wait, geographically, Mamma Mia came out like a oh, year before that too, right? Yeah, 2008, so pretty close. Two years before. Um, I think, didn't that, um, it wasn't the sequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding, but that, like, spinoff of it, if you know what I'm talking about. I have My no Life in Ruins, or something it's called. Maybe. Um, oh, it's like the, maybe? It's like the second movie she directed, that maybe. lady. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's a, it's not, a, not even about the same characters, but it's like another Greek rom-com. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it did. It wasn't well received. So then she just made a sequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, yeah, man. Greek re- representation is in full force with our Mamma Mia yeah. movie every 10 years. Um, also, and even then... <laughs> um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2, uh, 2008. There was a large... Uh, I mean, in both the movies, it's like a big storyline regarding... Greece, but you know, it like takes place in Greece, and there's like a a Greek lover, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never seen the second one. Wow, I've seen. I saw the first one when I was like, when did that movie come out? Oh five, oh four, maybe. Oh five. I, I I remember being very young when I saw it, so I don't remember it. Mm. Um, and even then, I don't know if I saw the whole movie, but the second one I just never saw because why would I? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I was I was just like a little piece of shit boy mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, but I, I I know those are very millennial. Um, so I'm sure we'll have to do them on the pod one day. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of books like that that were adapted, like um. Not necessarily franchise starters, but just uh, singular books like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That felt like it's that felt more like what studios were going for because I think they were too scared to compete with Harry Potter for a little while, so they were just doing like very isolated small, yeah. one-offs. Yeah. Which yeah. one? No, I said smaller scale. Oh yeah, smaller scale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when um? Bridge of Terabithia was coming out and they were trying to promote it like it was a Narnia movie because they were no. only showing like the fantasy stuff in the trailers 
And not like the most depressing things you've ever heard, like ever seen in your life. Well, they the trailers were really cut like um, the entire movie took place in a fantasy land. Yeah. Because that movie came out a year after Narnia did. So they were really trying to capitalize off that. I feel in like fact, Narnia thought... is like the biggest case of like abandoned franchise. It's up there because I feel like, especially considering how big the first Narnia was. There's also so like, many fucking books. Well, the weird thing about Narnia is that like the first two or three really do like lend themselves to like being a trilogy. But, but um, it didn't uh, isn't Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe like the second book? It's not even the first book. It's I think or, like, it, yeah, the third it's, like, book. it's something like that. Um, because the first one is uh, the magician's nephew, yeah. which it has like an origin for like the white witch and like stuff. But yeah. like I think a lot of um, I think what Disney made the first Narnia movie. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember Dar- Nar- they did this first two, and then Fox got the rights for the third one. Uh, and which I didn't even realize that they made. I mean, it's... I remember them making it, but I remember it being like so long after. It was only two years after. The third one? The th- well, okay, well, the second one was... Th- so, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't a big gap. It was only five years of three movies. So that's not crazy. Because um, it was 05, 08, and then 2010. So it wasn't mm-hmm. that big of a gap. But I think in the grand scheme of things of, like, how quickly, like, Harry Potter, you know, like, how... Because I believe Chamber of Secrets came out, like, a year after the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they really should have had a sequel to, like, um, Narnia in, like... 2007 at the earliest mm-hmm. or at the latest i mean you know what i mean um because like that's half the battle is like keeping people interested you know what i mean uh so but yeah no, i, I remember think i saw like any of the narnia sequels and the first one was like one of my favorite movies as a kid i saw all of them in theaters um i remember but after the second one i got like obviously less interested because the second one is really like their Empire Strikes Back. It's like way darker and like moodier and like oh. depressing. <laughs> um, because the the thing that's hard to adapt about Narnia is that every time the kids go back, they don't age or they only age like two years. Narnia ages a thousand years. So none of the cute little characters can return. Like the fucking beavers are dead when yeah. they go back to Caspian, you know, like, um, Aslan's there. Cause he's like a Jesus allegory, but, um, uh, you know, they, when they go to Narnia, like everything they knew, like, it's no longer, uh, it's all like, uh, it's summertime. You know yeah. what I mean? The, the ice is melted. Uh, it's, it's all different. And, uh, there's a whole array of characters. And then the issue with the other books is that, yeah, you have like the final book where all the characters come back. But there's like three or four other books where there's all these other fucking characters that only vaguely matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you want to talk about like studios not trusting their audience, Disney did not trust um, their audience to give a shit about the whole picture of Narnia. Yeah. So they said, we're just going to do these like two or three and that's it that's all you're getting like, like you'll be like narnia would cool. be like a really good like mini series like how it they're doing be. like the massive scale like lord of the rings on amazon yeah um well they were going to it was developing a netflix um hmm. but oh i feel like i remember that yeah 
it was like but that was a while back i i want to say that was like 20 that was early netflix days like 2016 i want to say um so i i think that was abandoned i could be wrong about that um Mm -hmm. if it isn't abandoned they just haven't said anything in a long ass time Mm -hmm. but i'd be willing to bet that they just like fired the writer room and they'll come back to it in like five years or something yeah um but no that's a very good case of it only because of um how big the first movie is i feel like yeah the only thing i remember about the third movie is that they it's almost admirable but in the third movie they try to do like a lot of practical effects yeah um like aslan's a puppet in that movie i kind of love that because like there's a scene where um lucy goes to talk to aslan in the ship and it's just his head and it's like a it's a animatronic and it's really cool mm-hmm. and it, it feels really unique um the third movie actually i don't think either of the sequels are like bad movies they're just like not as good as the first one mm-hmm. um but they're not bad by any means so i don't know um we could do a whole episode just talking about ya shit we really could yeah we should do like a book club a ya Zillennial Canon Book Club. I don't think I have enough brain cells for that. I wish. (laughs) But, you know. We'll just give them, like, a monthly reading list. Yeah. I'd go to school if uh, this was the reading assignment. (laughs) Just, like, all the fucking YA books. It's just, like, the pictures of us as... If these were the teachers. The pictures of, like, Lawrence Pugh and Orson Welles that I always Photoshop for our (laughs) award ceremony. We're we're just your two uh, English teachers. Um, Yeah. Lawrence Pugh, God. of course, and else. Lord um, help you all. Can, can you name the most obscure YA book you remember off the top of your head? Um, like one that like no one else read but you. Um. God, uh, I forget the name of it, but the book was in all like IMs, like it was written in like IMs, and I thought that. I discovered it through, like, I thought that I, like, rediscovered it through Girls Like Us, but it was a completely different book. And I think the one that I read was British or Australian. I randomly found it at, like, have you ever been to, like, Best Bargain Books? I don't know if that was, like, a chain. Okay, so we used to have one near me. I randomly found this book. I was definitely too young to be reading it. Was it, like, a horror book? No. Okay. It was like a teen like comedy book and there was um sorry this is like very like I feel like this is like body to a degree that I've never spoken on this podcast but there was like a plot line about one of the girls in the book being bullied because people found out that she like squirted. <laughs> And I remember being in, like, late middle school. Like, what? what is... <laughs> and I've never heard of anybody reading this book ever in my life. I've never been able to find what this book is called. I'm not Googling anything about that plot line to try and narrow down what book this is. Because I can't think, like, I can't remember any other plot line or anything. Like, it was written in IMs, and then it was, like, teenagers obviously, like, I hate my stepdad. Like, 
like my my friend right. is dating my crush and then like there was randomly like that huh i <laughs> that's the most I obscure ya book i've ever read thank you for your <laughs> <laughs> um uh the most that's crazy i kind of want to find out what it is because uh that's that it was like, called something like very stupid, like LOL or something. Um, <laughs> is it based off that Miley Cyrus movie? No. Or is that what that or vice versa? No, it, that... it wasn't actually called like LOL. It was like it was like um. I thought that it was like called like TTYL or something, but then. Girls like I us think... covered TTYL, and it was not that because they would definitely talk about the plot line that I just brought up if they um, covered it. I found a uh, if you go on Goodreads, there's a whole tag of instant message, instant messaging. I will uh, find and it I... and I will reread it and I'll report back. Please tell me because I'm actually curious. Um, is it Internet Girls? Wait, no. did you maybe have the sequel to one of those books? Because there's three of them. No, that's exactly what I was talking about. That um, well, I did. Girls they cover like all us, the, books? the one by Lauren Miracle. Well, did they cover all three? No, but it wasn't those books. Um, there's another. There's like a spinoff from her. Um, I I wait, cannot there's... stress enough that I randomly found this book at a bargain, like Best Bargain Books, and it was from like Australia or England or. Wait, can I read you a few titles, not... and you can tell me if this sounds familiar at all? Yeah, sure. Um, M or F? No. Flat Out Love? No. Top Eight? No. BFF, a girlfriend book you write together? N- no. Want to go private? No. Uh, that's it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, I you have to do research. I really wanted to find out what uh what this book is. Um, everything I this... that I look up is just the book TTYL, and it's not that because I know exactly what that book is. Um, I don't remember if this is the most obscure YA book I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly is one of the most unique ones I've read. Uh, it was called, and you may have heard of it, I don't know, Skeleton Creek? No. Um, so basically, the cover of it was like, uh, it looked like a journal. Um, and uh, speaking of journals, Diaries Won't Be Kid, that's one that worked. <laughs> but anyways, uh uh, the cover looked like a journal and then you read it and um at the end of like every other chapter or something it would mm-hmm. uh have like a link to a site um and then you would go to your computer and you would type it in and they would give you it would go to like a like a, a password protected site and mm-hmm. they would give you the password on the next page and then you would type in the password and then the character from the book like they would cast the actor playing the role that you were reading like whoever was journaling or a friend that the character was journaling about uh, would do like a video message on it and um it's like a it was like a murder mystery book for teens and um like every chapter like uh the friend would like be video blogging like you'd see them like on skype or something together talking Mm -hmm. about like 
the latest mysteries or what they found when uh, like uncovering clues that day. Mm. And it was really interesting. And like, I remember it ended like a big cliffhanger where like uh, the girl like thought she was possessed or something. And that's like mm-hmm. the cliffhanger you were like the final chapter was a video and you were like just left with that until the second book came out. And then the second one started like the first chapter was like a news report. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, really inventive. Uh, you could definitely tell that was like 2010, 2011 when like they were trying to uh, cater to the kids who didn't really want to read. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, you can go on the internet too, <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> I don't know if they those books hold up at all, but I remember as a kid I thought they were cool. Mm. Uh, but anytime I mention them, like whenever I'm like talking about like YA books with people, no one knows what I'm talking about when I bring them up. Um, so that might sounds, just be an Adam exclusive. That sounds epic. I'm actually kind of curious if those websites are still active or not, because uh, those are old ass books. I don't think they've made a sequel to them in like ten years. Mm. So. Have to look into that but um as for perseus jackson um percocet jackson <laughs> why is that so funny <laughs> um, uh i uh as as far as um you know in a movie where they go to a lotus casino and they get high and they get drugged and they, uh, Lady Gaga plays, and uh, I don't know, uh, Uma Thurman's in it as Medusa. Uh, it really mm-hmm. does suck fucking shit. It, it really fucking blows. Uh, that's that's all I can really say. I think it's one of the worst. It's not a terrible, it's not the worst movie ever, but as an adaptation, I truly cannot stress how bad it is at mm-hmm. trying to do what it does. Uh, it's absolutely awful in that regard. Um, I have not many nice things to say about it. Um, bad. It's 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 quite bad. Uh, I'm very curious about the Disney Plus show, though. I will say, I'm I'm really hoping that that's good. Um, mm. uh, the only they have like a lot of unknowns in the show, um, but I will say, uh, Dionysus is being played by Jason Manzukis, which I think is absolutely incredible casting. Uh, just knowing that Megan Mullally plays uh, his teacher attention to the heartbeat at the beginning of this movie yeah. so that's fun I guess um, I'm kind of curious who they get to play the gods um, so I don't know we'll, we'll have to see what all that's about but I'm um, confident about the future of Percy Jackson and this does kind of work as a little time capsule of like 2010 adaptations yeah uh, but who would have known that in the year of 2010, of all the YA books being adapted that we got, that uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid would be the best one. So, uh, <laughs> true. So, uh, yeah, bad movie, but fun to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm have to send Kira the BuzzFeed quiz of which Greek god is her parent. And uh, we'll both, and I'll, I'll take my test. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll send mine to her, and uh, we can post them on the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, the, I implore all of you guys to do the same. By the way, um, I found the name of the book. Oh. Uh, it's called Seraphina sixty seven urgently requires life, and it wasn't written in IMs. It was written in blog posts. Oh. 
And it's about huh. a British teenage girl. Huh. Well, it's really cool that um, fantasy books are still a thing. Yeah. I don't understand why for my British bit. (laughs) I don't understand why Barnes and Noble said that they recommend it to twelve-year-olds because I don't. (laughs) They really um, they're ahead of the time on the (laughs) do it be squirting trend trend on uh, TikTok. Uh, It's uh pretty bad. Uh, Yeah. No, ew, that's gross. I don't like that. Um. Can you text me the na- the title of that? Because I am not going to attempt to spell. You're going to uh, read it? No, I just want to like look like into do it. You wanna I, like, a, I wanna, do you want like, to have a like, club? No, I don't want to read the book, but I kind of like want to look at the Goodreads page. You know what I mean? Like I want to see the what other Goodreads people say about page, it. Um, half of the people gave it like one star. There are not a lot of ratings whatsoever. <laughs> um, and most Sounds of the cool. reviews are over eight years ago or over 13 years ago. Mm. I bet Goodreads has been around for a minute. Yeah, I remember I had that shit when I was like in high school. Um, maybe even middle I just school. um, I just texted it to you and you didn't answer my previous message, which was a picture of Sally from Cars, and it says I need to smoke weed with this bitch. Um, I just thought that was a statement. You know, I just thought I didn't think I could disagree with it. I I do want to smoke <laughs> weed with that bitch. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I'll look into this clearly terrible book <laughs> while you find out which Greek god is your parent. Yeah, that's our that's our homework assignment. <laughs> um, yeah, so Orson, Professor Wells, and Doctor uh, Pew uh, has assigned you guys Doctor Pew. Doctor Pew, uh, <laughs> they, we've assigned you guys homework, so uh, please read up on it and uh, let us know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, please let us know like what your least favorite or favorite why adaptation is. Yeah. Uh, don't say Twilight or Harry Potter. Like, I want to hear some like weird shit. Like, I want to hear about yeah. Vladimir Todd. Vladimir Todd. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear shit like that. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. I literally yeah. almost just had an aneurysm. <laughs> Vladimir Todd. Oh my god. That is a bra girl Twilight. That's a bra girl Twilight. That's a guys who say hey Twilight. Um that <laughs> I I <laughs> that's a snapback boy, Twilight. Um yeah, literally. I was I like I literally it. read the yeah. book and I was like, he is so hot. Yeah, I he had no face. Um, (laughs) he was a character, he was a mannequin. Um, no, I remember those were definitely like appealing to the hot topic demographic. I feel like at the time, people like, yeah, yeah, the the bro girls. It's really a shame that, um, that never got into a movie because we can't do an episode on it, but um, yeah. I have to look at like other YA stuff uh, from that era and see what else stands out to me, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll report back to you and to the listeners. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a deep cut. I feel like it. Sound off any if anyone remembers Vladimir Todd, uh, <laughs> or if it's just us. Apparently, I didn't even think yeah. Kira would. I thought that was like just one that I knew. I um, think I literally still have one of the books somewhere. Same. Isn't the first one the blue one? Yeah, I think I had the purple one. 
Um, I what, I remember there was like red, green, purple, and blue, yeah. and orange. I, I remember, um, but I don't remember. There's five books, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, it goes from eighth grade to twelfth grade. It's mm. crazy. Um, oh, they show his face in the fifth book cover. Damn. He really does. He looks like he smashes monsters, uh, and not the monster monsters, like the the drank monster on the daily. <laughs> uh, homeboy is oozing sex appeal. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um. I think this is over. So, I... <laughs> where can uh, everyone find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, you know what? Let me plug my B reel because you know what? I've been using that more than anything else lately. <laughs> uh, my fucking B reel. Uh, follow me on B reel. Adam is, not Sandler. B reel is the new, the new movement. Surgery is the new sex. Nah, B-Real is the new social media. Um, (laughs) I saw a great tweet the other day where um, someone said that B-Real is going to completely reinvigorate the concept of soft launching a couple. Um, (laughs) (laughs) True. Oh, I haven't even done mine yet. I just realized. Um, Granted, they they just did it later tonight, but... um, Uh Yeah, uh, but yeah, you can. That's where you can follow me. Those two places. Don't follow me anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. You can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon, and catch me reading a PDF of Vladimir Todd until three a.m. tonight. <laughs> I'll also look into Vladimir Todd just for. Uh, I love how you just there. posted on Be Real, and I love that I'm in it. I completely forgot until I plugged Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Like, oh, fuck. Um. <laughs> I'm glad that right. I'm like biting my nail in it, and you can see like the outline of my Charlie XCX CD in the back. <laughs> All right, um, guys. I call this woman in distress. That's my. That's what I call yeah. that picture. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. All right. Well, Bye, guys. Bye, guys.